So today I'm fortunate. I'm a pediatrician at the same hospital that I was treated at and have the opportunity to give back to children and families every day. Really, the rest is history. I came back to do my training at the same hospital that I was treated at and have been there ever since over the past decade. Hey, my dear listeners, welcome back for yet another episode of Inspire Someone Today. We all have heard about life coming to a full circle. And we couldn't have a better person than the guest that we are joined today to talk about what life means of coming a full circle. Joining us today is Dr. Jen Pratt, a pediatric physician, joining us all the way from Minnesota. Jen, what a pleasure to have you on Inspire Someone today. Well, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Wonderful. So what? really caught my attention when I was looking at your profile was your wonderful backstory. How you kind of has turned a major situation in life to what you're doing today, which is so meaningful, so impactful. Tell me and my listeners about your journey. How old were you when you take on this cancer journey of yours? When were you diagnosed with it? Give us a bit of the backstory. Yeah, of course. So my story starts when I was about 10 years old. I was a, a typical kid. I was involved in school, sports, lots of activities. And all of a sudden, I started to experience a pain in my knee. Uh, it was a pain that started waking me up at night. It was making it more difficult to uh, enjoy the activities that I usually participated in. And it got to the point where my parents brought me to my pediatrician to have it checked out, thinking maybe it was an injury, maybe it was growing pains. We never expected to get the news that we did that day. I think anybody knows who's been through uh, an illness like cancer or a serious medical condition knows that things can change overnight so quickly. So at that doctor's appointment, they did an x-ray of my leg and discovered a bone tumor right around my knee. Uh, so over the next week, we were meeting with lots of doctors, undergoing lots of tests and scans and Ultimately, I was diagnosed with a form of bone cancer called osteosarcoma. This is a more rare cancer for children, but it is one of the more common bone cancers that we see in young people. Um, fortunately, cancer is not all that common uh, in children, but it does affect many children and many families. And unfortunately, I had a road ahead of me with that, as most children do who, who have a cancer diagnosis. So in the months and you know, years to follow. I, I underwent pretty intensive therapy, a chemotherapy, surgery, and a lot of physical therapy because I wasn't able to use that leg for a good part of a year or more. So regaining strength and rehabilitating my leg to be able to walk again was a huge challenge. So yeah, it was a long, long road. And it, you know, certainly was one of the most challenging experiences of my life. I can imagine that. And it takes a lot of courage to kind of come out open, talk about it day in, day out. Does it pain you, hurt you even to date when you talk about it? Or does it come from a point of strength that it makes you stronger each time you talk about it? Yeah, that's a great question. I really, I know it, it seems kind of weird to say this, but looking back, I'm just, I'm really grateful for having that experience. 
uh, in my life because it has really focused really my life's work in a way that's been so meaningful. And it allowed me to take you know what was a really challenging situation, but also allow me to see the kindness and the support and the power of that uh, community around me, whether it be my healthcare providers, friends, family, or just even so many people I didn't know that came together to support me through that journey. So today I'm I'm fortunate. I'm a pediatrician at the same hospital that I was treated at and have the opportunity to give back to children and families every day that are going through serious medical conditions. So in a way, I um, there's parts of that experience that looking back were so challenging, it can be kind of hard to talk about, but it also gives me so much joy to know that I can be there in a really unique way for families today. It sounds so surreal. The place where you got treated, you go back there at the same place to treat hundreds of kids from there on. And along the way, I read somewhere that at the end of each chemotherapy session that you had, you had this goal of going back there as a doctor to treat. How did this all happen? How did this thought process come to you? Yes. Well, like I said, so I had just this amazing team of doctors and nurses, child life specialists, everyone at the hospital made it such a positive environment, encouraging environment that it was just so inspiring to go on this journey, especially next to other children, children that I had become friends with along the way were also battling cancer and see that I now had these insights that I could connect with children and families on a different level. And after completing my treatment, I knew I wanted to come back. So shortly thereafter, I um, was involved in a peer-to-peer support program where I was mentoring cancer patients into my teenage years and set my sights on medical school shortly thereafter. And really the rest is history. I came back to do my training at the same hospital that I was treated at and have been there ever since over the past decade working as a pediatric hospitalist for children at Children's Minnesota. This is epic, right? These are the stuff that dreams are made of. You should definitely kind of making a movie out of this. Feel fortunate have survived my experience and have looked to be able to uh, help others. I mean, that's, it's been wonderful. It's really a privilege. That's awesome. Along the way, I did mention about making of a movie and that movie did have some attraction towards you, which was in the form of Disney World. Tell us the connection between the visit to Disney World, your treatment and where you are today in this whole journey called Make-A-Wish. Of course. Yes. So when I was going through treatment, I spent a lot of time in the hospital. So one of the things that was comforting to me was a nice distraction were Disney animated films and drawing uh, Disney characters. So I used that you know, as a way to get through these treatments. But then a few months into my treatment, I was introduced to the Make-A-Wish organization. And I was told that I would be granted a wish. So I was able to come up with any wish I could think of. I had to come up with like a list of different things. And I knew that my top wish would be to go to Walt Disney World Resort in Florida and meet uh, an animator of one of my favorite Disney films. So, you know, unfortunately, so I have a younger sister. She's five years younger than me. And I knew that I wanted to have this be a celebration of my entire family, my parents, my sister, myself, because all of us had been through this really hard journey. I mean, anyone knows it affects 
every single member of the family when your child is ill. And for us, it was really a celebration to mark the end of my chemotherapy treatment. So we scheduled the trip shortly after my last chemo session when I would be, you know, feeling better, a little bit stronger. And I used that like when things were really hard in the middle of therapy, I'd be thinking about this trip. I'd be counting down to this trip. And it just, it gave me so much hope during a time that was so hard, so hard. And I think all of us need that. We need hope and make a wish really did that for me. I think, you know, a lot of times when we think about make a wish, you think of a day or a trip and a family and a child enjoying that experience. But I just want to say it goes so, so much further beyond that. For me, it was many months and days leading up to it and what that, that hope of that wish provided for me. Uh, and then after my wish, really feeling empowered to continue to give back and share that kindness with others. And I'm now fortunate I volunteer for my local Make-A-Wish chapter here in Minnesota as a medical advisor. So I help review wishes for eligibility and travel safety. And that's been a really rewarding experience to be able to help other children experience the joy of a wish just like I did. How wonderful. God bless the folks who created Make-A-Wish. And again, for the benefit of all of our listeners, if you can talk a bit more about Make-A-Wish Foundation, what is it about? How could one leverage Make-A-Wish? Yeah, absolutely. So the Make-A-Wish organization has been around now for, this is actually its 43rd year. We are coming up on World Wish Day. That's April 29th, which is the anniversary of the first wish uh, back in 1980. And at this point, uh, globally, there have been well over a half a million wishes granted uh, over the course of the organization. And the effects of Make-A-Wish are so far reaching on a global scale that I think, you know, many of us know someone in our community, sometimes in our own families, schools, churches, you know, that have benefited from the Make-A-Wish organization. I'm really, I, I do feel lucky to be able to work with them now and the work that they're doing. So in terms of Make-A-Wish itself, getting more information about Make-A-Wish, if you're interested in learning more, wish.org is the website. If you're listening from India, makeawishindia.org would be the contact. And there's lots of information there about the organization and what we do for children with critical illnesses. I will add, so a lot, there's a misconception. I think a lot of people think that Make-A-Wish is a last wish for children. And the good news is that that's just not true anymore. The majority of children that receive wishes through Make-A-Wish actually go on to move past their illnesses and live long and, and fulfilling lives. So the effect of the organization is really long lasting in that it provides that hope, but also empowers people to continue paying that hope forward like it did for me. And Jen is a living example of what Make-A-Wish can do to individuals. Right. So we did speak about the positive impact Make-A-Wish Foundation had on you, on your therapy, how you came out of this. Let us kind of dwell a little more on the wish impact. So how is the impact of wishes on the mental and emotional well-being of patients? Does it have a positive connotation just by virtue of fulfilling a wish or does it go further beyond just fulfilling a wish? What does the wish impact study tell us about? 
Yeah. So about a year ago, Make-A-Wish released their wish impact study, which for me as a physician, I always like like seeing data and numbers. And this was great because I think it just put into, into work what I have all along that just these wishes have a tremendous impact on the emotional health patients and their families. So Make-A-Wish had surveyed families, patients, and healthcare providers had received wish or had a patient that received a wish. And overwhelmingly, there was good evidence that showed that these wishes alleviate the significant stress that families feel uh, when their child's battling a critical illness. Uh, They decrease levels of depression, anxiety. They give families hope. And interestingly, too, as like the physicians and care providers, medical care providers that um, answered the survey, the perception was that wishes actually improved the mental health of patients so much that it made them physically in a better state to be able to fight their illness. And I think that is extremely powerful. I think we know physical health and mental health, they're so intertwined. And if we can really offer that hope, that emotional support to kids and families, that sets them up for being able to physically handle their illness the best they possibly can. And does this have the same impact outside of illness? If kids or if uh, grown-up adults have to have the same facility available to them in the form of fulfilling a wish, does that have the same impact? Yeah, I truly believe it does. Being a pediatrician and taking care of so many children with mental health struggles these days, having support for a child's mental health and a family's well-being is just so vital. I think we know that the journey doesn't stop right when the treatment stops. The wishes that happen after treatment, even when, when children are feeling better, it continues that healing process. It continues that support that families need. And it's extremely, I just thought, very validating to feel like my experience was seen. And having lost kind of a part of my childhood in this, you know, medical scenario I was in, I, I just felt like it, it gave me that it empowered me to kind of reclaim this part of my childhood and just not only feel incredibly special, but feel cared for by people I didn't even know, people in my community, um, people even, you know, far away from where I live that supported make a wish to make this wish happen for me. It's a really powerful feeling. Wonderful. So we are talking to Dr. Jen, who is a cancer survivor, whose life has come at 360 degree full circle from a place where she got treated to a place where she is treating a lot of uh, kids. is a wonderful story of hope, positivity and giving back. So continuing our conversation, Jen, positive outlooks to positive outcomes, right? As a child, Did you even recognize what was happening around you? What was the emotional state? And how did this entire experience channelize you to have that kind of a positive outlook? And similarly, taking it to a broader angle, does these positive experiences as individuals will go through, would it have positive impact on their health? So I'd say, you know, day in and day out for me, it was, Life was filled with a lot of challenges um, while I was going through through my treatment. I was 11 years old, kind of in the thick of it, and I knew very well everything that was going on, and I knew that you know, what was happening was serious. But for me, there was no option aside from being positive 
and continuing to push forward day after day. One thing that was just really, really important to me was just taking that mindset of tackling one day at a time. And if one day at a time, we're going to get through this and then it's going to be the next day and then we'll get through that. So having that, you know, wish to look forward to kind of on the horizon, it just kind of, it gave me this overarching hope between these daily struggles of therapies and feeling sick and having to go through the stresses of, you know, getting test results back and being readmitted to the hospital. And I think just having that, that wish waiting in the future, uh, just gave me something to keep moving forward for. And I think once you feel the, felt the effects of that type of powerful wish, it just, to me, it's, it, it just felt like there was nothing, you know, to question. I, I needed to move forward and provide something like that for someone else. It just, there was no question to me that that was going to be my life's work at that moment. And in your current role today as a doctor, when you come across multitude of kids having going through this circumstance of life and death, I'm sure there are instances where they lose hope, they're in despair. How do you tackle this kind of a situation? What do you communicate with the kids to think positively? Right. I think what's really important to me is talking to a child at their level, communicating to them, not just to their parents, to really find out what are they scared about? You know, what is hard for them right now? Trying to understand um, kind of at a deeper level what they're feeling and what they're going through. I can help address that. I can help alleviate concerns, answer questions, and hopefully provide some kindness, some support. And sometimes, you know, something as little as like telling a joke, having something that brings a little bit of lightness to the situation too. Because I think we all know a critical illness, a cancer diagnosis, these things are heavy, they're serious. But these are families, they're children. Like we we also, you know, need to provide sometimes those distractions and those those positive encounters to help lighten lighten the load that they're carrying day after day. What's the funny thing that Dr. Jen has done to make us get a smile on the kid's face? You know, I think coming up with like the daily, you know, knock knock joke is always, you know, a fan favorite. <laughs> so um yeah, no, I think the asking a child like, hey, you know, today, why don't you, you know, draw a picture and then we're gonna come back. I wanna see what you did, you know, what you were able to do today. You're you're doing this art project. Or we have a hospital bingo where they um, broadcast it through the hospital so children can play from their hospital beds and they they can win prizes. It's a really fun day. And so we'll check back in and be like, what did you win at bingo today? And just connecting with them on a level that you're acknowledging, you know, what's positive, what's fun right now, what gives them light and trying to, you know, really feed off of that. If you are ready, we will get started with the power of three round. The first of the power of three, what are three routines that is unique to Dr. Jen? Okay, routines. I try to practice gratitude every day. So really trying to find small things that bring me joy. I try to get out in nature at some point every day because that's something that inspires me. And we, my grandpa always told me this is kind of a, a golf thing. I, I am a golfer. Always keep your head down. So. Whenever you know I have a lot going on, I try to you just keep my head down and focus on kind of the task at hand. Those are kind of my three three things. Great advice, Grandpa. So 
if you were to give an advice to your older self, what would three advices be for Jen's older self? I would say to continue to learn from others, to continue to teach others, and continue to stay inspired by others. That's the reason why you are on Inspire Someone Today show. Three life lessons that you have learned through your journey. Okay, three life lessons. I would say first and foremost, you're never alone. No matter what you're going through, there is a whole community, people behind you that have probably experienced something similar, even as rare as it may be. I think number two, I've learned that life's greatest challenges really have the power to bring out the best in us and bring out the best in others. And then kind of the third thing I would say to um, like with my Make-A-Wish experience, never underestimate the power of a wish and the power of hope and what that can do to transform your life and the life of others. I think the conversation will be incomplete if we do not touch upon Make-A-Wish. Three unique stories from Make-A-Wish that has left an impact on you. Well, I would say number one, my story, which I shared. The second would be a dear friend of mine whose son was diagnosed with a brain tumor. Uh, this was a, a long, long-standing friend of mine. And uh, her son and my son had been great friends. And he was diagnosed with a brain tumor. Fortunately, is doing wonderful now. And also, they were able to experience the power of a wish and go to Disney World. So being there for that and seeing heck that had on them as a mother and a fellow mom, that was really powerful. And then third, I would say there was one experience I had where I had a new diagnosis of a brain tumor in one of my patients that she was in the hospital for a long time. It was like a month or so, really challenging medical situation. And I remember at the end, she's getting ready to go home and I brought up the Make-A-Wish organization. And in talking with this family who'd been through so much, you could just see like the relief that the hope like in their body and their response, they just were so incredibly grateful to hear that. It was finally some good news, something to, for them to look forward to and be hopeful about. Jen, I'm sure you had lots of life lessons along your journey. If you were to pick three life lessons to share with our listeners, what would those three be? Three life lessons. Oh, I think kind of, yeah, what we had gone over. So yeah, just, Reaching out to people for help if you need help. There are so many people out there that are ready to support you to find joy in the little things and to practice gratitude because there's always something to be grateful for. Always. And the last of all of three round, what are three things on Jen's bucket list? Well, I think like so many of us, who haven't had the chance to travel over the last couple of years. Mine are, are uh, mostly travel, travel bucket list de- destinations. So looking at uh, doing a trip to Iceland, um, traveling to Paris over the next year, and then New Zealand is also on my, my list of places to see. So, so much to explore in so little time. But I think the more we can get out there and do things that make us happy and bring us joy, the better. Through that. As we move along, again, you have seen kids up and close, kids who had this life-threatening diseases when they come in. Some have made it, some unfortunately would have succumbed to this. For those who have made it through, 
have you seen a transformation in them as they have grown up from kids to teenagers to young adults what are some of the common traits that you have seen in them that has only gotten better and better as they have grown up yeah so i i often encounter families and children that at some point in their life have received a wish uh, it may have been many years ago and what i find is if you mention the case tell me about your make-a-wish and tell me about what you experience. You see people's faces just light up talking about it. I think the memories of a wish are also super powerful. I had the experience to go back to Florida with my family members that were there on my wish and just kind of reminisce about it and experience it. And it was a really powerful memory. So I really believe that everybody who has experienced this, who has gone through it, has experienced that hope. There's a part of them that has been inspired. And on some level, they want to share that again with others. And I think at the very least, it gives them this positive memory to be grateful for and to know that in the future, they, you know, they're not alone. And there's, there have been people along the way that have supported them in their most challenging times. And has there been any research made? of these uh, individuals as they have grown up into adults that they have been successful in their life or careers because their resilience is much better than the rest of the folks or their gratitude or positive outlook is much, much higher than everybody else. Hence, they are more successful or less successful. Any research, any data around that? You know, that's a great question. I feel like that would be a great research study to do because, I mean, it's, it's got, I mean, I just feel like it, it there has to be higher sense of kind of resilience and empowerment that comes with this experience. I know that I've felt it and I've seen it in, in people that I know, but I think that might be the the next uh, wish impact study. Fantastic. Jen, this show is all about creating ripples of inspiration. If there is an Inspire Someone Today message that Jen would want to shout out, what is your Inspire Someone Today message for all the listeners? My message would be that kindness uh, is contagious. Hope is contagious. So anything we can do to provide that for someone else, it's going to give them the empowerment and hopefully the resilience over time to also um, want to give back to, to others. So the effects of what you can do for, for someone, even small things, um, those effects can be far reaching. So always remember to be kind. Be kind to yourself, be kind to others. And I think that goes a long way in inspiring hope. What a lovely message. If there is a wish coming out of this conversation, my only wish is everybody listening to this, they go and fulfill a wish for somebody out there. That itself is contagious. That itself is paid forward. That itself is kindness demonstrated. Jen, on that note, it's been wonderful having the conversation with you. Thank you so much for sharing your life story. Thank you so much for what you are doing to make a wish and looking forward to more connect with you in the future. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening into today's edition of Inspire Someone Today. It's been a privilege to bring in these conversations. If you like this episode and have any feedback or comments, do mail me at inspiresomeonetodaypodcast at the rate gmail.com. Inspiring someone is like creating ripples around us. If you like what to listen, 
feel free to share them and let's create ripples of inspiration do not forget to follow me on my instagram handle at rate inspire someone today podcast for all the latest updates this is shrikant your host signing off and until next time keep inspiring